Welcome to this edition of Code Talk, the concise podcast to help you get to know the National Electrical Code. I'm your host, Frank Seiler, based in Spokane, Washington, and today's episode is Article 240, Overcurrent Protection, The Ground Rules. All right, well, maybe that was a poorly chosen title. We're not really talking about grounding rules here, but the basic rules for overcurrent protection. Call it the foundation stones of what the general rules require when it comes to protecting the circuit against too much current. Current is, of course, measured in amperes, and so it's good to review the definition of impacity when it comes to conductors. Straight out of Article 100, Ampacity is the maximum current in amperes that a conductor can carry continuously under the conditions of use without exceeding its temperature rating. So here it's strictly talking about conductors. Now when it comes to ampacity, sometimes we also wish to protect equipment, and so that'll, that'll come into play a little bit later. But when it comes to conductors, in essence, we become heat managers. The more current that we put through a conductor, the more it translates into heat. And so we limit the amount of current on a given conductor to preserve its insulation, should too much current be drawn. So Article 240 deals with the general term overcurrent. In fact, we can find the general rule at 240.21, which reads, Overcurrent protection shall be provided in each ungrounded circuit conductor and shall be located at the point where the conductors receive their supply. So what then is meant by overcurrent? Well, Article 100 defines overcurrent as well as the three components that make up overcurrent. Overcurrent is any current in excess of the rated current of equipment or the impacity of a conductor. It may result from overload, short circuit, or ground fault. And then there's an informational note that follows. It says, a current in excess of rating may be accommodated by certain equipment and conductors for a given set of conditions. Therefore, the rules for overcurrent protection are specific for particular situations. And so in the next episode, we will explore some of these specific conditions. If you take a peek into your codebook, you can find a complete list of those in 240.3. It's a section in Article 240 entitled, other articles. The next definition that applies here is the definition for overload. This is one of the three components of an overcurrent. An overload is operation of equipment in excess of normal full load rating or of a conductor in excess of its impacity that, when it persists for a sufficient length of time, would cause damage or dangerous overheating. A fault, such as a short circuit or a ground fault, is not an overload. So in short, 240.21 tells us that we will protect a conductor against overcurrent, short circuit, ground fault, and overload at the conductor's source, and typically that is at the breaker or fuse connection. 
Now I realize I'm selling you a bit short on 240.21. That's only the first part of the sentence. It goes on for a good number of pages telling you how to break that basic rule. But all of that is for another episode. A conductor has to be sized to carry the expected load. And an overcurrent protective device is then sized to protect the conductor and the equipment that is served is selected based on standard sizes in our National Electrical Code. However, if you make a quick comparison of the opacity ratings of conductors and the standard breakers and fuse sizes, you realize that these don't all match together. So how do we deal with this particular inconvenience? Well, take a look at 240.4b. It's entitled, Overcurrent Devices Rated 800 Amps or Less. And under it, we see that the next higher standard overcurrent device rating, above the opacity of the conductors being protected, shall be permitted to be used. And then there are three conditions that we have to meet. So first condition is that the conductors being protected are not part of a branch circuit supplying more than one receptacle for cord and plug connected portable loads. The second condition, the opacity of the conductors does not correspond with the standard ampere rating of a fuse or circuit breaker. And these fuses or circuit breakers shouldn't have overload trip adjustments. The third one is the next higher standard rating selected does not exceed 800 amps. So if we meet all three of those conditions, which in many cases we would, and our conductor does not land on a standard breaker or fuse size, we're allowed to round up as long as we remain below 800 amps. So the next logical question, if we can round up to the next standard size, what are the standard sizes? 240.6 has a table for the standard breaker and fuse sizes, and additional fuse only sizes are in the text with the same numbering. So that's 240.6. And perhaps you'll note that from 15 to 50 amps, fuses and breakers are sized in 5 ampere increments. So yes, 25, 35, 45, those are standard sizes. And sometimes this surprises electricians in certain parts of the trade. However, if you work with motors or refrigeration and air conditioning systems, likely you will have run across these somewhat odder sizes. But what if we are over 800 amps? Well, 240.4c is entitled Overcurrent Devices Rated Over 800 Amps. And there we read where the overcurrent device is rated over 800 amps, the opacity of the conductors it protects shall be equal to or greater than the rating of the overcurrent devices defined in 240.6. In other words, once we get above 800 amps, there is no roundup rule. Our conductors have to be fully protected and fully sized. What else do we have in this world of overcurrent devices? Well, we can go on a little trip here, and perhaps let's find the main opacity table. This is the one that has a tab on it. It's Article 310, so 310.15b16 in the 2017 edition, or Table 310.16 if you've upgraded to the shiny new model with the 2020 logo on it. Either one. If you take a look at the top left of that table, your main opacity table, you will see either a set of double asterisks or just a single set. Uh, whichever version you've got, it's cool. No worries. 
cast your eyes down to the bottom of the page under the table. There it says to see 240.4D for the small conductor overcurrent protection limitations. But before you jump there, just take a quick peek in the copper section 60 degree column and notice the opacities that it gives for 14 gauge, 12 gauge, and 10 gauge wire. Okay, now let's go to 240.4D. Back from the perspective of overcurrent devices. So this is almost back at the point that we were just at. And when you take a look at this section, 240.4D, and you just kind of scroll down with your eyes, you find that this is a spot where we find the values that most electricians are familiar with in terms of impacity for smaller conductors. 14 gauge equals 15 amps. 12 gauge copper equals 20 amps. 10 gauge copper, 30 amps. And there's a few others in there for different purposes and also the aluminum small conductors that haven't burned the building down yet since we experimented with them in the 1970s. Well, they're there also. But here's the one place where we tend to know a bit of the code and perhaps we treat it like the main rule. In fact, the values that it just gave us are the same ones that we saw in the 60-degree column. But in fact, this is the de facto standard if other conditions do not apply first. Take a look with me at the start of section 240.4D. How does that read? Well, it's entitled 240.4D, Small Conductors. But it starts out with this statement. It says, unless specifically permitted in 240.4E, or G, the overcurrent protection shall not exceed that required by D1 through D7 after any correction factors for ambient temperature and number of conductors have been applied. Okay, how do we read that then? Well, the small conductor rules only apply if the items in E or G do not apply. So what's in E or G? E are all of the tap rules. And those two we'll save for another episode. G are all the loads where we protect the conductor in ways that are different than the main rule. What was the main rule again? Oh yeah, 240.21. Protect the conductor against overcurrent at their source. A lot of the things that are in this chart, or table G, have different rules for overcurrent protection based on specific equipment. So that's it. That is the foundation of Article 240. These are the main rules, and most of the time, we kind of use these on autopilot. And when we see something that doesn't match these, our mind puts on the brakes and says, boy, hey, that, that doesn't look right. How come you have this large breaker on this smaller wire? But we want to be careful. If these were the only rules for overcurrent protection, we could fit all of these onto one page. Now, obviously, Article 240 is much, much larger than that, and over the course of the next few episodes, we'll enlarge on each of these topics. So thanks again for listening to this episode, introducing Article 240, Overcurrent Protection. Next time we will dive into the topic of overcurrent protection for specific applications. That is, the summary that we have in 240.3, Other Articles. Now if you found this episode on a site other than our website, please go to www.inw-training.com where I will post some lecture notes. I'll try to get them up in the next couple of days along with some examples.
Until next time, this is your host, Frank Seiler, signing off from Spokane, Washington.